We all know what it is. It's Thursday. We're still on lockdown. They might have extended it until the end of the world. Who knows now? <laughs> but it's your boy Bruce Corsai. Got the whole gang with me. We're going to go and kick off man, on this last dance. Yes, sir. Hey, just letting y'all know, Corsai Radio is here. It is Courtside Thursday. So you know we lit, man. We ready to give you that word. Uh, Mike Hill, the PG here, the Magic Johnson of the show, making sure this thing is smooth. And that is showtime. Every time y'all hear us on the mic, uh, shout to my guy, Mr. Inglewood. What's good, Mike? What's good? What's good? Big Mike got a pappy in the building. Courtside Radio. We got another one coming to you. And uh, we on Quarantine Radio. No Tory Lanes. But, uh, we got another Fuego. Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. Oh, hey, you know I had COVID cuts. It was a COVID cut. COVID cuts. Okay, I see you playing one. <laughs> so that, that voice that you hear is uh, King Kappa himself, man. What's up, Philip? Who you talking about me? Yes, you. <laughs> now, <laughs> you talking about me? Oh, what's up, guys? You already know what it is, Philip Brown, aka the Truth Teller, aka Michael Hater. That's why. That's my nickname. Oh, uh, okay. I, I I feel it. I feel the energy. And then we got our um. You you gotta make sure it's a little vanilla. Uh, when you have too much chocolate. So we got our guy, Mr. Larry Bird himself on the show. Uh, what's up, Hans? Ooh, making it spicy in here. What's up, guys? We're stuck with the, uh, I'm going to throw that Tory Lanez back at you. This is LA Confidential or LA Quarantine Confidential. So we out here. We're back. Courtside Radio, baby. Yes, sir. Let's get- hey, let's get right to it. Last Dance, episode seven and eight. Man, it was it was a lot that they gave us, uh, a lot about MJ that they showed. Uh, man, him like dealing with his whole father situation. For anybody who say Jordan was never scrutinized, when you're blamed for your father's death, hey, that's that's terrible right there. But man, what's you guys take on uh, you know this this latest two episodes? Are you started off first, Bruce? Man, uh, first episode, you know was was deep you get to see like like probably like the the most human side of Mike when about him losing his pops and going through all that and the the articles about the gambling and all the nonsense that went down was just unnecessary disrespectful but you know just like in today's media somebody's going it's it's clickbait at that point it's pretty much they want people to pick up a paper or pick up a magazine or something like that but I think I think it was funny to get off to the next topic is the baseball thing. Him leaving, going to play baseball. Mike said he was tired. He didn't want to play no more. He wanted to go play yeah. baseball, and he actually gets to play double-A baseball because they said the stadiums were too small to deal with all the media. So that, was, that would have basically gotten him an opportunity to play in the MLB just solely off his name. Yeah. That true. is – like – just off his name alone. Crazy. And then, you know, going back to the comeback with 4-5, losing to Orlando, and then, you know, then coming back and then putting it on them boys the next year, he couldn't wait. You know, it's like, it's just a, it's a perfect story, man. Like a perfect storm of how his career went and it's put together very well. Yeah. So, Mike, what's your take on these uh, latest two episodes? Oh, man, I've been... I've been enthused watching these. I had to watch it a couple times now. I love that if you look at it, 
he actually made up lies to tell himself to motivate himself. Because when I saw B.J. Armstrong, yeah. when they played the playoffs, they played the playoffs, and he said, okay, who's the best person to go ahead and come back and know what they want to do? He said, okay, once he got the chirping of Jordan, he looked at him and said, he knows better. He knows better than this because he knows what we can bring after that. And what I saw, he took the challenge every time that a player said, okay, even when um, the cap from the Bullets, their 93 draft pick, he yeah. had 37 on him and said, good game, Mike. That never happened. Mike lied to himself oh. and told him that. Just to motivate himself <laughs> and said, I'm going to have what he had in the game in the first half. Next time Mike. I see him. Mike, yeah. you talking you talking about the best LB to ever play, LeBradford Smith, which is you know a big time player. <laughs> you understand? You understand that that name is not gonna hold weight to any competition with another LB that we know. Crown him soon, who might be the first to have 30, 10,000, 10,000, and another ten thousand. Check the stats; he has room to do it. But uh, this this intrigued me, and I was very, I was anticipating this, and I loved this. The intricacies that they went into Michael's motivation. He fired on Kerr. I did not expect that. When they got into that little scuffle in practice, I, I, I saw that he he respected Kerr for standing up to him. But he said he felt this big for yeah. firing on the smallest person on the squad. It was self so, because it wasn't even targeted at him. Like he hit Kerr like to make a point to somebody else. <laughs> no, no, he was he was just upset that nobody else was like, y'all come in here to practice and y'all felt. Um, yeah. Y'all felt privileged because you won three titles already. So we ain't done nothing. What have you done for me lately is the next thing that we got to do. Hey, so, Philip, what's your take on uh, The Last Dance, man, the latest two episodes? Man, I think it's tough for anybody to be criticized for their father dying. You're already going through a, a hard enough time as it is. And then for people to try to, like, find some way to put that on you as you're dealing with the death of your father, it's just unbelievable that people stoop so low. But then again, that's the game that, you know, that's the game that the media plays. You know, yeah. once you're on top, you know, they don't want you on top for that long, man. They'll celebrate with you, you know, one or two times. We start talking about three, four, five, six, man. There's going to be somebody in there trying to, you know, pull you down and, you know, uh, make you into more of a human. Because, you know, Jordan's seen as a god, lowercase g, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. people, you know, started like being envious of you know the things he's achieved we want to bring him down so you know um that, that's just really hard for him to go through and um i think is that the same time that uh and then that ties into like when he played gary payton and gary payton thought he locked them but really uh jordan was really just going through everything he was going through on father's day and that's what actually motivated him to actually win that series man so he, sh he just shows, again, how he can turn a negative into a positive, man. Like, you know, my father's dying, but I'm going to use his energy for some good and go out here and make some uh, incredible plays and win this series, man. So um, hats off to him as a master motivator of himself and of his teammates. He never let anybody slip, and, you know, he never let himself slip. So Yeah. So, Hans, <laughs> what, what do you feel about episode seven and eight? Uh, probably the biggest show that's going right now, man, Last Dance. You know, uh, when we mentioned that story that he would make up during the playoff series, the first thing that I thought of was going back to that story where Shaq said yeah. that Admiral never signed an autograph for him when he was a kid, and he held that against him and used it as fuel. It's like you, you're starting to see a correlation with the greatest players 
using mm -hmm. some type of motivator, whether it's making up stories in their own head. And I'm sure going down the road in years to come, we'll hear more from whether it's from Larry Bird or whether it's from guys in Other this generation like Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook, stuff like that. Doesn't have to be in here. You know, well, I the first name you picked. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm sure there's some from like <laughs> I'm sure there's some Just from like other that. guys too across mm -hmm. the association. I'm sure Magic would come forward and say that too. But like you're starting to see a trend where in order to tap into that next level of true bully basketball, these guys make up narratives in their head. So they're driven to that much greater level of success because they know that they have to almost kick it into overdrive in a sense. And the other thing that I noticed that really stuck out was I did not know that the media tried to spin Jordan's father's passing with Jordan's gambling issues. You know, we always talk about how the media can Love. scoop so low sometimes. And of course the clickbait Love. nonsense, but to think, you know, nowadays it's almost normalized to see clickbait content where you see articles about X, Y, and Z on Facebook that people repost thinking that it's for a specific topic. And then it's also grounded in reality, but it True. really isn't. It's so hard for me to believe that in a day that predates social media, this type of stuff was going on. We're not talking about the National Enquirer or some nonsense magazine that you see at Ralph's when you're about to pay at the checkout, right? We're talking about globalized <laughs> news stations that are actually pushing this content out there and passing it off as true or as something for people to, str uh, to start taking merit in. That's absolutely disgusting to think that there are people out there who would try and correlate the two. It's just yeah, it's beneath here. people. It's beneath all of us, especially as journalists and guys who are in this field too. None of mm -hmm. us would do that to anyone, regardless of mm -hmm. how much we might hate, despise, or have any energy towards them. You never try and spin someone's personal shortcomings, whether that's well, personal issues with family or family issues, period. You never try and spin that against them. And it just goes to show what we mentioned earlier, that when you're at the top, they try and use anything against you to take you off that step. The hardest. Hey, and be, before we move uh, along, something that people don't talk about that I always looked at with Jordan's, Jordan's career, and um, it showed it in these, these episodes, is, you know, once he did come back, you know, you had Space Jam and everything to get him ready, but people don't look at the way that he was able to bounce back. Like, he took that L to Orlando. He could have just faded and been like, damn, Jordan never won again. He never became that guy again. The Bulls weren't the same. It, it became, the East became Shaq and Pennies. But no, they took that L and Jordan was hell bent saying right away to his trainer, Tim Grover, and we working out right now because I had to face Yeah, I got to get to my NBA body. That's what led to the 3 P. And I think that's something that people overlook because a lot of younger crowd just think that Jordan was just perfect. He wanted six and that was it. But it was like, no, he had to go through losing to Orlando, getting himself back. But people were saying two, three, ain't 45. The shots that he was going up and dunking are layups. But he was like, all right, I'll see y'all next year. And that next year, you know what happened? They go 72 and 10 and they win a championship. So I think hey. that's a big part of his legend that a lot of people but, – don't sleep though, even though they did lose to Orlando, like him coming back late, mid to late March, just. They were 34 and 31 when he came back. Yeah, he was not even training Orlando. basketball. Yeah, they weren't and playing good. I want to give a shout out. Got through. Go ahead. You going to shout out the real LB? You going to shout out the real LB? I'm about to shout out. 
So Tim Grover, uh, I, I watched his documentary today, and uh, that's a hard documentary where he goes through and explains like how he prepared Jordan and how he was just as driven as Jordan was, but just in his career field, and they matched up really well. So if you haven't seen that, jump on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. We got to check that thing out. Uh, I was going to say, I, I love that he dropped 55 in his fifth game back, you know, yeah. just, just to get back acclimated at, at Madison Square Garden. You know, just just to get just to get the bones working a little bit. You know, yeah. hey, five games I could draw fifty piece on you. And, and the sad part, Patrick, uh, Pat, you was hot. He said, "I feel like I." He said, "I feel like I had a good game too." I feel like I had a good game too. That's what he was talking about. But nobody remember that. Yeah, I like, but this dude had fifty-five, and it was his fifth game back. So of course, no one's gonna remember me having a decent game. No. Is he crazy? Forty-five, eight, twenty-three, though. It's crazy how he always rose to the occasion, no matter what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. Madison's first, the first time back. Like, all right, I'm not Yo. just gonna get the W. I'm not gonna drop 30, 40. I'm gonna drop a double and, nickel on y'all boys. And Philip, say it with me. That's why he is the goat. Yeah, he's one of the goats. Yeah. Man, get out of here. One of the the goat. But hey, I let's just, move. We could talk last dance and the guy winning six championships more than anybody in this era of basketball all day. So, um, man, my guy, Alex, uh, Alex, tell the people, you know, what you're up to. We gonna, no, don't ever mention Ori when we talk about Jordan and these guys. You said the most, you said the most in this era. I had to correct you, Ori has seven. You said the most in this era, that's what you said. All right, so. Don't miss your Going back into reality because Robert Ori is not in that conversation. So <laughs> yesterday I was actually blessed with the opportunity to do an interview with uh, Laker Nation's Trevor Lane on the uh, Big Baby Jonathan podcast. Shout out to Big Baby Jonathan for Shout out. letting me be on that and also for doing his thing on Facebook Live pretty much every damn day. I don't know how he does it. I don't have the energy for that, and I know none of us do. So he's been actually doing a lot of work. And we got to sit down with Trevor Lane, who's a Lakers reporter on LakerNation.com. And we got into a bunch of different topics. And two of which that stuck out uh, to me in this discussion were, will the NBA return? And the reason I want to mention this is because Stephen A. Smith went on the record just, I think it was yesterday or the day before that, saying in response to Shaq, Shaq said that he did not think that the NBA should return because players wouldn't have enough time to get into shape. They wouldn't be in the right shape even when they got started. They'd be put into a rushed playoff format. And on top of it, by season's end, who's ever crowned champion, we'll have an asterisk next to them. Similarly to how we talk about some of these other asterisk playoff runs, that's what he's claiming. And for me on my end, we got into this discussion on there, and I actually happen to think that Stephen A. Smith is wrong outright. And I want to get your opinions. But the reason I say that is because – Stephen A. Smith has never played the game of basketball. And I myself am the first to say I have not played, but let me put it out there for you. These players should be at home relaxing. This season is a wash at this point. We shouldn't have to worry about these guys coming back and being pushed into a workout for a month and then getting back into shape, then going into the season, right, and to play this playoff run. Look, and the biggest part of it that I, I stress is that since the rest of the world is basically out of order given what's going on, Players should not have to subject themselves, no matter how minimal staff are in the stadium, to potentially getting this virus and then potentially transmitting it to their family and friends. I don't want to have these players put at risk. And if I were a player, I wouldn't want to be put in that situation. I'd be willing to take this season as a loss. So I I just – because earlier we talked about this, and I was kind of like thinking like, you know, maybe you're right. 
But then what makes these players any different than these other workers who have to go out there and feed their families and stuff like that? Just because they're basketball players, they're, they're still working under someone. So they have to find a way to make it happen. And, you know, I know that we, we us as fans, we think about the entertainment and stuff like that. Yes, they're going to bring that. But if you're the Lakers, like are a team in the NBA, you already paid them 80% of their salary. So it's like, man, you have to – show us, you know, you have to show us what we're paying for, and we just canceled this season, we don't get that. And shout out to Jared Dudley, he brought something up as well as the new CBA is coming and he was saying that a lot of their money the NBA players get when they get the $8 billion that they get a year comes from the TV money from the playoffs because there's so many games, everybody's watching these playoff games. If you take all of that away, it's going to lead to a CBA season to where they might use that against the players, and that's what Jared Dudley was kind of saying they don't want want to have happen. Look, the whole point that I'm harping on is that it shouldn't be anyone in the press telling players what to do. It should be the players in collaboration with the associations saying we're willing to come play. If the players aren't willing to play and put themselves at risk, I am fully okay with that because the rest of the world is being told, don't go outside, do not do this, because you are putting not only yourself at risk, you're putting other people at risk, as well as your family, friends, and loved ones. So I, oh, in no way, sense of the word, have an issue if teams sit down with players and come to some type of an agreement. Do I think that they should be playing this year? No, but I do not think there is any good reason that anyone in the media, albeit all of us included, including Stephen A., or anyone that has never played the game of basketball, should have any right to tell these guys to go play again. Hey, the commissioner needs to step up. It's on him. But what you got, Philip? How you feel about this? I think it's just a ploy against LeBron. They're already saying it's going to have asterisks again because LeBron's about to win and Lakers about to win another one, bro. They're already making excuses as to why this doesn't stand up to any other championship. So this is all a ploy against LeBron James, first off. Second of all, they're going to quarantine everybody in one location. They're going to have anybody in, anybody out. So the only risk that, – so that risk is minimized as far as outer contact with other people and stuff. So if you're on the Disneyland Resort or whatever, Disney World Resort, whatever one's in Florida, you know, you're locked in and then they have, you know, deliveries or whatnot. That's the same thing that you have at your house. You still have people come deliver you food or whatnot, but you're not going to yep. be out there in the general public. Um, so I think that could be negated somewhat. Of course, it's still going to be some type of risk. Um, but the thing about it is everybody's at an e- even playing field in the whole league. It's not like some teams you know, were, were affected more than other teams. Everybody had this long break, so everybody's in this together. There's no advantage from this, except for the teams that, you know, took time to get healthier. They're the only ones that have their advantage. There's no negative effect from everybody having the same consequences. And then another thing about this is, like, nobody uh, – what was I going to say? Nobody uh, – so if somebody gets injured or ill – you know, they're not allowed to even continue playing. So let's say in game in the finals, LeBron gets it or whatever, gets the coronavirus and has to sit out for two weeks and he misses the whole and he misses the whole finals, man. So that's like yeah. that's like the only that's negative that I can see. That that is an advantage that I also think is a problem. That's why I wouldn't want to no, it's no different than an injury. Play Thompson a lot of people believe if, they, if KD no, doesn't go no, it's down, not, it's not the same thing as an injury because gosh, you can't. If he's asymptomatic and he's not, and he feels like he can still play, but he tested positive for this, 
then that's not the same thing as injury. If you can play through injury, they're gonna let you play through it. This thing they're not hey. gonna play through it regardless. Jordan played exactly. with the Jordan played yeah, that's with the same thing. That's exactly the point that I wanted to harp on too, Phil, is that players that do get sick create a major disadvantage for these teams. If you lose LeBron James, if the Rockets, God forbid, lose James Harden, if any team loses their star player to this, that creates a major disadvantage to them, which is exactly why I mentioned the asterisk comes into play. Because if you lose LeBron in the finals for those two weeks, like you said, testing positive, the finals are almost assuredly lost by the Lakers. And no NBA fan, no sports mm. fan, and no sports fan, period, would look at it as that, that would be the only fear. That's the only rebuttal to the whole situation. I want them to play, and I think they will play. But that would be my only rebuttal with, with it being the asterisk if a major player went down with the coronavirus. Hey, Bruce, so what's your take on it? Uh, it's kind of obvious and it's simple. Like you said, like if LeBron gets it during the playoffs, like he shouldn't – they shouldn't be moving. Like they should be kind of secluded to one area. Everybody that's in and out of that area should ha should not basically be able to leave. Um, but it's kind of like – how do you tell someone that they can't go do something or go pick something up or go grab something? Or like, like, you know, it, it's, it's going to be tough, but technically I think you can police it enough to where, like, they can control it. Um, they might have had a cure, you know, by July for them at, at least. But uh, <laughs> Facts. I just think, like, at whatever point the season comes back, they should finish the season and then – even if we have a shortened season like we did with, like, lockouts or such, mm -hmm. next season should be the shorter season. You know, like, I think if you've gotten this far, you should at least figure it out, see what was going to happen there, and then give yourself time to kind of adjust in between and move on to the next season. You saying, like, being out a whole month, I mean, uh, like, practicing for a month and then playing games, like, that's what they do every year. Training camp starts, you go – play preseason and then you go to games like right away preseason is very short now training camp is only like three weeks or something like that so Fast. them they they've been in good shape this is them getting a good rest because it was a at a point in the season where they had played a lot of minutes we were at what 60 something games already so them getting an early break and then having to come back like they'll be fine like boys be all right mike what's your what's your take on this what should the should the nba return what do you feel I feel like safety should always be first in this aspect due mm -hmm. to the health of all players involved, all family members involved, all workers, all media that will be there. Because when they were talking about going to Disneyland or Las Vegas, they're talking about everyone that will be there, media involved, will have to be quarantined in. So I understand it. And we're going on the health and the safety aspect of everything. But I feel like if the season does if it does return, I would like it, but I would feel like it has to be in the most safest way to where, like, okay, we're not going to put this – we're not going to put any players in jeopardy. Let's go ahead and let's finish this, but let's not jeopardize the season. Like, they're talking about putting an asterisk on it, and I was like, I don't see that an asterisk should be on it, but I feel like due to this situation, it's a world and a pandemic that no one can control. Yeah. If they do have the cure, we they we know why it's not being put out there. I'll talk about that later. Hey, I can tell y'all one thing. Magic has the cure for sure. 
But Magic, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, hey. But the thing is, we have to understand there's no money in the cure, but there's money in the medicine. So we'll leave it at that. And I would love to see the NBA season come back, but uh, yeah, I, know I don't see I don't see it coming. If it does, it will have to be a shortened season, lockout wise, like Bruce was saying. But and it's and gonna I, be heavy. I hate the Shaq said the aspect part because then you have to say that about '99 with Duncan. Then you have to say that mm -hmm. about 2012 with the Heat beating OKC because that was a shortened mm -hmm. season. So. Yep. What it comes down to, just so we can move it along, it just comes down to the great commissioner, Adam Silver. He stepped in really fast with that Donald Sterling situation. Now he did step in and make the drastic uh, decision. But, hey, big news, at least to us Hoopers, um, about 2021. Like, there's going to be a new basketball that's going to be played with, and it is the Wilson basketball, which I feel – is the best basketball. True gym ball, baby. Before we before we started off, Bruce, I'm gonna have you started. Just gotta say, hey, Courtside Radio with the starting five, man. We thank you guys so much for always checking in for us. You know we love what we do and we love you guys because even during the quarantine, we give you all these weekly shows. And the show must go on representing that good news radio, the good news sports. Thank you for those who listen to us on the good news radio. App. Thank you for those who listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Mad Love. So, Bruce, man, what do you feel about the NBA switching to the Wilson basketball 2021-2022 season? About, about time. <laughs> Thank about you. time. The best man. basketball is the ball that's played with in college and high school. That buttery, soft. Woo. I don't even know Hell how to describe soft. it. You don't remember the TF 1000s? Yeah. Series model and everything. Man. man. You know the TF 1000s ain't a joke, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it basically put Wilson into ba pretty much pro. Uh, they're in college and high school. Um, they do. They also are going to be the first of like the uh, African Basketball League out there. Yeah. They're gonna like it's like basically anything that it, that NBA is involved in is gonna now be Wilson, and like I said, they're making basically taking over for like all basketball. Spalding so, so, take the volleyball. So yes, Spalding might fade away. What, what you feel about it, Philip? You being because when you played overseas, what was it, what was it? The FIBA ball? Yeah, the Bolton. Whatever. Bolton. There you go, Bolton. Yeah. But uh, we saw what happened last time the NBA tried to switch balls. That that was terrible. Horrible. That was Spalding though. That was Spalding I'm, still. I'm just. I'm just Throwing a reference. It, no, yeah. I'm just throwing a reference. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that jump on me. Yeah, I'm just throwing a reference. It's <laughs> terrible. This move, I'm on, I'm I'm with. You know what I'm saying? I'm with this move. I like this move. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're a hooper, man, you're gonna get those balls in training camp. You're gonna touch Any it, ball. you're gonna be fine. You know what I'm saying? We can all play with some crazy balls in the past and still drop buckets. Hey, so, Phil, no you ever play with the you ever play with a ball with a titty in it? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Drilling this way. Yeah. Yeah. Had to figure out nah. how to get your handle right. How about the ones you hit from you get from Magic Mountain after you hit the three with all the extra air and then you oh my god, oh, like, the, those extra the ones that you feel like it should explode in about two shots. Oh my god, <laughs> the bounce like, way up here. Harry, Harry, I can't help that. I can't help it. I'm sorry. If it hit the <laughs> rim, it's off. It's off. It's it's touch the rim. It's it gotta be. It gotta be ball. As far as ball quality, it, yeah. should, it shouldn't change anything, man. It should be good to go. Pause. Yo. 
Mike, uh, yeah, that's weird. But uh, Mike, <laughs> what you feel about that? Uh, I was waiting on Bruce to get on my head, so I had to go on and call myself out. I, I, I appreciate the change. I like the change. Wilson has been a, an amazing ball for True Hoopers. It's a gym ball. That's what I was saying earlier. I feel like Wilson is one of the most durable gym balls, but it's the most efficient. You have the you have the velvety smooth grip. You mm -hmm. have the, the the touch when you when it comes off the when it comes off the fingertips. Mm -hmm. It's it's just one of those that it's like you know when you when you when you when you get the roll on it, you was like oh oh yeah we running this one today. You you ready? Yeah, one thousand. Speaking of yeah, one thousand. Running. Speaking of the speaking of the the grip on it, man. Everybody know about this stuff with Michael. This ain't one of the ones you gotta like line your hands up on the lines to like palm it. You can like palm it on the leather part of it. You don't know nothing about that, Michael. You know the cold, yeah. I was like, the cold part, oh. why you had to throw them in there. Like, Michael cannot palm a basketball. The Wilson, I can at least like palm it a bit, but like the Spalding, I never okay. could. That's what I'm saying. It got better grip all over the ball. Like. Way better grip. So, I. And Michael used to do the little cradle cup. Yeah, he would do it like this, holding it. Look, he had a little cradle cup. <laughs> Actually, you can hold it for about five seconds until we like slip out. That's what I'm talking about. Video. I need that video evidence. Oh, I'm gonna. Well, yeah, hey, let's I'm go get out. Hey, let's go get the ball. I'm this not week. checking that. Hey, Hans, what, so what do you feel about the uh, the ball change? The Wilson. Hey, this ain't ball. no more good. Bro, I know that's the thing. Like I used to play at the. I was park. just looking for one too. I hate you, Phil. I was just I, looking for. I used to play at the park with the Spalding ball all the time, and then I remember playing in the gym at Beverly. And they oh. switched it on us, and they had us with the fucking Wilson basketball, and I'm like, game? Yeah, Ooh, no, man, okay. it's, the, it's the evolution, hey, y'all. The, the, the Wilson evolution. Yeah, that's the best one. I love that one. The yeah. evolution. That's the one I was thinking of. I hope they go to evolution. Big I hope evolution. I just I was wrong. My bad. Yeah, the evolution yeah, is. one hundred nice though. No, those are the Spaldings, but that's the actually the good Spalding with the good leather. Yeah, the TF, the NBA. TF is a, yeah, TF is a Spalding. They use that in the high school, like, playoff games and stuff like that. But Wilson was always the best ball. Like, the college basketball was always the best basketball to me. And now NBA finally caught on. So now you have everybody going to have jump shots because it's going to be easy to shoot. Isn't it crazy to think that in the last couple of years we've seen the NBA go from Adidas jerseys and Spalding basketball to the Wilson basketball and the Nike jerseys. I'm great. Yeah. It's the takeovers, baby. Man. It's the culture. And shout out to Zion, man. He's uh, he starting the wave, bro. It's all Zion. They getting out of these 30-year deals that they had with these companies. Yeah. Exactly. He's Everything Scottie is in deals. the new wave. They getting out of these Scottie Pippen deals. But <laughs> I want, I, I want y'all to chime in on this week's um, Hating Ass Michael segment. And I like it. It's it's you ain't already done it. I thought you already did it. Get already out of here, you already man. did it. But this week, who I'm hating on anyway. Y'all know who I'm hating on, and I, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm hating on the sports academy. Why are they taking Samba oh, yes. from the sports academy? Like look, it's look. I know they're saying they want to honor Kobe, but how you they honor got him? asked? They the got Mamba. asked. By who? No, Manson. No. No. Debo. Apparently, yeah, we're not changing it because it's Mamba. We want to keep his name in it. Sports Academy, 10 years from now, you're going to be on Sports Academy. Here it is. Here it is. Ain't that the one next to Big Five? Or Mamba Sports like, Academy like removed Mamba from the name at Kobe Bryant's estate's request. No, I know that. I know, I know they said the estate. I don't know the estate's request. Well, still, I wouldn't want to take it out. What are they I just sat do? down. 
And yeah, I, I was like, I still want to take it out. Yeah, I want to keep Mamba in it because 10 years from now, for kids growing up, if you just say Sports Academy, they're not going to know any connection to Kobe. But if you said so Mamba's Sports Academy, that Mamba would last forever because – It is respect, fine. though. That's, that's what I'm hating on this week. That's Michael's hating ass. Um, you never know that they might add Kobe Bryant's name instead of Mamba. They couldn't say yeah, that. That's, that's, that's that's that makes sense. That makes sense. That's what I understood. No, they, they were saying that they're going to have, like, his, his, his Mamba jersey up and different, like, Mama memorabilia there, but they're not going to have that. It's just going to be the sports academy. The sports. Academy. I have the Mamba memorabilia. The sports academy is what. Yeah, it's going to be called I'm, the sports academy. The sports academy. Uh, that's, that's what I we know as of now. Kobe Bryant Academy. Now I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, that was. Right, here's the actual statement. Here's the statement. That's and it. With that, we uh, as we carry on as the sports academy, it's more appropriate to put Kobe in another Hall of Fame, if you will. And to uh, to really respect a legacy that is unrivaled, frankly, and let that live on as its own. We will continue to do the work we do. Yeah. Cool. Mamba Academy is not. It fact. should be Mamba Academy, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, before we get up out of here, our Throwback Thursday Player of the Week is the guy that said he locked down MJ. He's <laughs> gonna believe it to the death of him. And that's Gary Payton. So make sure you guys is tuning in and listening. That you check out our Instagram page, Portside Radio, so that you guys can see some highlights because GP was a hell of a player, Hall of Famer, one of those top, what, 10, 12 point guards ever. And man, he, he was a, he was a great. But shout out to the guys, uh, Hines, Mr. Downtown, Philip Brown, nope. the center, Bruce, uh, Mr. Inglewood himself, the shooting guard, Mike, Portside Radio, starting five, the show must go on, quarantine files number six. Hey, we thank y'all for tuning in. And make sure you <laughs> step in. Shout out GP for the assist. Yes, sir. With, thank with you, the, GP. With the new meme. <laughs> with the oh, new yes. meme. <laughs> hey, shout out to the real LB, the Bradford Smith, man. You, you that guy, bro. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Courtside Radio, thank y'all for tuning in. The Good News Sports, Good News Radio. Yes, sir. Peace.